0: You are listening to the Superpower Up podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I am really touched today to have with me a, a remarkable man. Um, you know, he's one of those people that 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 we say looks really, really good on paper. I couldn't even even pretend to jump into the highlights of his very impressive resume and history. But that's not really where I want to focus today. I'm sure some of that will come up as, as we talk about his story. But what I find so absolutely remarkable, and honestly, I'm very humbled by, is is his approach to what he does in the world. And so the, so today's episode is all about, can one man change the world? And I think that Jeff Raisley will absolutely embodies the notion that absolutely one man can. And um, he's such an inspiration in what he's doing in the world and and Nepal. And, um, you know, my heart has just opened a little bit further in the short time that I've connected with him. And so I'm excited to share that energy and inspiration with you all today. Um, And and I'm going to warn you, I'm going to warn you, I think his story is going to trigger some of you because because he is doing something and he is changing the world. And so prepare yourselves. And if there's anywhere where you've been feeding excuses or fears or anything else about why you're not, um, you know, but listen in, listen in, draw from him um, the inspiration that you need to move beyond that point, because each one of us can take steps in that direction. So, Jeff, uh, without further ado, um, I really want to welcome you to the show, and I'm honored to have you here.
0: Thank you very much Tony. I'm a little bit embarrassed by your introduction
1: but mm, well you, it's it's very deserved and um and so so I, I appreciate your humility in that and um you know I am I'm not, not going to give into it. I I'm I'm absolutely blown away by um, the little bit of your story that you've shared with me so far. So I am I am really honored that you're sharing it with our guests today. But before we jump in, we'll tease them just a little bit longer and instead ask you, what are your superpowers?
0: Well, I'm even, again, sort of embarrassed to say that I have superpowers. Um, and, and I've, like I told you, I've listened to some of your shows and the guests you've had are very impressive. And I understand how you use that term And how I can respond best to it is by saying, I don't think I have any superpowers. I think I just have been willing throughout most of my life to, as you used the metaphor when we were talking, put one foot in front of the other and try to move forward, make the world a little better place than it was before I took the last step.
1: Well, as as I'm sure you anticipated, I'm absolutely going to argue with you. That is a, a phenomenal superpower. The um, and and I'm going to tell you why. And I want I want all of you to really really listen to this. I know um, through our membership base, through my clients, and everything else, we attract a lot of people who are waiting to understand. They're waiting to know. They're waiting to get knocked over the head with this miraculous superpower thinking that it you know the gates of heaven are going to open up and the angels are going to herald it in and and what Jeff's talking about is usually how it happens and it's the most normal obvious thing that each one of us does that is actually our most powerful superpower and Jeff's willingness to put one foot in front of the other and I was telling him before the show I love his energy, it's such an understated, it reminds me of the tortoise and the hare story. And Jeff, if I could be so bold, I would absolutely call you the tortoise. I've been saying absolutely a lot on your show today. So there's something absolute about you, but the the um, the tortoise in the story, I mean, I think you could do the voiceover for it. And it's, I mean, it's just, the pacing is like, da da-da, da-da, da-da. And I think a lot of times, especially in the superpower world, we don't honor that. We forget that the one foot in front of the other, the steadiness of that, the perseverance of that, the determination it takes to put one foot in front of the other should be honored at um, at least the level, if not more so, than we honor some of the more flashy, demonstrative superpowers. And so that it's that steadiness that allows you to build and build and build and allows for that impact to be, to be so huge. It's like you wake up one day and it's like, Oh, look what I did. Like, look at what I created. Um, and so I think it, it may just be one of the most powerful superpowers you're talking about here, but let's, let's share with people. Cause I'm sure at this point they're wondering who is this man? Um, and why is she so taken with him? Um, let's, let's share with them a little bit about your journeys to Nepal and some of the work that you're doing there.
0: Sure. Well, back in, well, to, to start, uh, before uh, what we were talking about, the Bassa Village Foundation, um, I first went to Nepal just after I had turned 40. And I did so at the behest of my wife because she was um, picking up on energy that was definitely not superpower, but what we would call a midlife crisis. Uh, I was hardworking attorney um, had two small kids uh, senior uh, member of a small law firm life was just very busy and i've always loved to travel i've done lots of all sorts of different adventure traveling um, and but hadn't for uh, a few years and so i came home she slapped down a brochure about trekking the Mount Everest base camp trail in front of me on the table and said, why don't you go do this? And what she was doing is she was diagnosing how um, my energy was really being sapped and dissipated and spread too thin because of so many commitments I had. And so I did. Uh, So I I went over to, to Nepal um, in 1995 fell in love with the mountains I'm, as you can tell i'm a slow talking hoosier lived in indiana all my life and uh, we don't have mountains here <laughs> but i just i fell in love with the spectacular beauty of the mountains but even more so i really connected with the high mountain people the people that most everybody's heard of are are the Sherpas and they live around Mount Everest but there's other uh, tribes in that area and they're all just uh, well as Sir Edmund Hillary called them the strongest and the kindest people in the world they they have this amazing strength and self-reliance and yet they're so kind and generous and sweet um, to people visiting them. So I just, I, I kept going back. And for a number of years I was, I was going back. Almost every year I learned how to do mountain climbing. And each time I would go back, I would try to engage in some kind of um, um, philanthropic project. Uh, anything from taking clothes to an orphanage to providing books for schools and you know, things like that, but eventually, I was asked by the owner of this trekking uh, company that I was using um, when I, I would organize a group and we'd go over there and, and you know we use local guides and and porters and cooks and so forth. So uh, this company based in Kathmandu, uh, gotten to know the owner of it um and after my my first expedition with his company um, he asked me if i would be willing to raise five thousand dollars because the village that he was from had a school that had three grades and they wanted to add a fourth and a fifth grade so they need to expand the building and hire a couple teachers and he said with five thousand dollars they could buy all the materials they needed and pay two teachers salaries for three years and uh, you know if you stop and think for a second five thousand dollars does all that uh you know gives two classrooms to children and their teachers so I, I agreed and um with other friends um some of whom have been to nepal and some who never have been and never will go but they thought it was a beautiful little story I, I I told about this village. We raised the money, and uh, I visited the village that next year and had the most incredible travel experience I've ever had. The villagers were waiting for our little group, um, and they literally covered us in flowers. Uh, there were about 250 villagers waiting for us. They made a little arch that said welcome in English, uh, which was garlanded with flowers. And then every single villager was waiting to put a, a garland around our neck or put flowers in our hair. And it was just such an incredible experience. I wanted to, to stay connected with that vill- village, which is called Bassa. And so um, started talking with my friend Neeru, who owns Adventure Geotrucks about it. And the thing about most of the mountain villages uh, back in the 90s um, had no running water, uh, no electricity. So, you know, no lights, no cell phone, no radio, no TV, uh, no modern conveniences i mean people were living pretty much like americans or europeans were 500 years ago Um, cooking and heating over an open fire so they're breathing in carbon and smoke uh, every day Uh, cataracts are rampant because of the smoke getting in their eyes so we just started talking about how we could Turn BASA into a model of what we call culturally sensitive development, where with the villagers, we would ask them, you know, what would you like to improve the education, the health, um, the sanitation of your people? And we would work with you. Um, I would raise the money. Uh, Niru would put together a team of local people um who would uh, distribute the money purchase materials and we would ga- engage in a series of projects to uh, help the village in whatever way it wanted to be helped uh, but with the understanding that the villagers would have to do all the work they would have to own um, whatever projects we did and the, the and the, and the projects had to be the ones chosen by the villagers, not us. Because our idea was since Nuru lived in Kathmandu and I live here in the States, we didn't wanna impose our views or our culture uh, onto them. And uh, so we started doing that and we uh, have brought uh, electricity um, through the, the villagers themselves with the help of engineer we hired in our fundraising. They built their own hydroelectric plant, um, carried all the materials from Kathmandu out (laughs) to this remote village, uh, have built a water system, um, a new school building, Um, they they have computers uh, for the school, uh, modern uh, materials. When I was there in 2008, the only materials they had for their classroom was a chalkboard and they'd run out of chalk. I mean, they they taught simply by rote, by teachers just giving them verbal instructions. And so now they have workbooks and manuals and so forth. Um, And uh, so we were really at the point where we had pretty much completed what the villagers and Neeru and I had determined. Was turning Vasa into a, mo- a model of maintaining their traditional culture, but um, uh, having these these modern systems and things that were improved education, health, um, and sanitation. Uh, because there were also uh, toilets and and uh, uh, what we call smokeless stoves. That also, so. Anyway, the series of projects, and then in 2015, uh, two devastating earthquakes hit Nepal. And they uh, knocked down many of the houses and the school in Basa. And so for the last two years, we've uh, sort of focused on rebuilding the village, but it's complete. And a group of us are going back this fall uh and we're taking uh led lights as well as shoes uh, for the the villagers and the village kids and we're going to have a huge delightful party uh, when we get there to celebrate the rebuilding of the village and also to for the my friends coming from the states to experience their delightful culture so long-winded answer to your question Uh hope that gave you some picture of what you were looking for.
1: Oh, that, that's just perfect. And um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how, how you can support what Jeff's doing or how you can take some of the, his his determination and perseverance and um, move into this model of, you know, of really adopting the idea of can one man change the world? Can one person uh, change the world. So we'll be right back. Stick with us.
0: Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The superpower net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn
1: more. Thank you for joining us You're You've been listening to the superpower Up podcast. We've been talking with Jeff Raisley about can one man change the world? And I think if you, if you, if you, if you don't know the answer to that, you need to go back and listen to the first part of this, of this interview. Uh, Jeff, one of the things I really loved about what you were talking about is this idea of being culturally sensitive. When I was in um, college, I remember I went and worked in Mexico and the only reason I agreed to do that in the community that I did it in, again, no electricity, no running water, no one spoke English, um, was exactly for the reasons that you've, you've mentioned. I have a bachelor's degree in intercultural communication and went on to get a master's in critical race theory, and so the concept of really being sensitive to um, what's sustainable in an area, as opposed to you know kind of the overlay and some of the other models that we've seen. And the and the group that I worked with was a bi-national team for those exact reasons. And 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 in fact, at that time, shortly before that, um, uh, Mexico had actually kicked out a lot of the mission groups and stuff like that because they weren't attending to that. And so I really honor the fact that you took that approach. Um, it's so easy for us sometimes to think that we know um, what other people want or what they might need. And so for you to involve that village um, speaks volumes to, to where your your true heart and soul lie in that. Um, two questions for you. One, and, and you can choose to answer them together or separately, but, but one, how can people support what you're doing Um, And then, and then the second one is maybe if there's not a lot of ways that they can support that, what advice would you give to people to kind of start in, in, in that path, start maybe following in some of your footsteps? Yeah,
0: as far as uh, anybody that would like to support the Bossa Village Foundation, we have a website uh, which gives instructions if you'd like to make a financial contribution, which of any size is welcome. And that's... Basavillagefoundation.org. Um, also, on my website, there's uh, a whole uh, link to my own uh, history and involvement with the foundation. And the website is uh, JeffreyRaisley.com, uh, you know, WW. Uh, so it's Jeffrey, J E F F R E Y R A S L E Y. So go to either of those sites and if you're interested we'd be happy to have your involvement we're also always happy to have people join the foundation as members if they want to get a little more involved as far as how uh, what what advice uh, I could give to people who would, would like to I guess you could say kind of step out of normal life the kind of um, you know Hedge, hedgerows or trenches that we get into where we're just we're moving along you know trying to take care of our immediate needs do our job uh, stay healthy uh, eat rest you know just live life normally if you want to grasp life more fully than that i think the first uh, sort of basic ethical understanding that Uh, you ought to have is that giving to others makes you feel good Um, it's not just me saying this there's been plenty of psychological uh, studies neuroscientific studies that have been done that it's kind of a a feedback system of selfish unselfishness Um, we feel better about ourselves when we're giving to other people um and so just taking that you'll you'll be a better person not just in an abstract sense but in the sense of feeling better about yourself when you uh, get out of your own self and extend yourself to uh, see other people who can use your time and your talents so that's my starting place
1: Mm, that's beautiful. And, and to those of you listening who want to disregard what Jeff's saying because maybe you don't see how you could make it to Nepal and you don't know how you could, you could do some of the things that he's done, look at your local communities. There are always people who could use a helping hand or, you know, churches are phenomenal for that, for, phenomenal for identifying people who could use support and actually having institutional ways to support that. If, if that doesn't appeal to you, if you prefer more of a secular approach, then, um, you, know, you know, look at local community nonprofits. Um, they usually have a really good grip on what's going on in the community and, and how you can help. Um, but, but there are always ways, there are always methods. Local governments are a great way to, to, to get involved and, and to just ask questions. You know, where can you be of service? And I love what Jeff's talking about. It, it's not just... Um, empirical, like there is scientific proof that if you get out of your own way and stop making it about yourself, there's value in that, not just for you, but for the world also. Um, you know, we talk a lot here as Superpower Experts about the, you know, the process of mastering your personal power and then moving into your superpowers. And I've, I haven't been quiet about the fact that you don't really move into those superpowers. You don't get to use them um, in any demonstrable and consistent way until you make that commitment to be of service. And um, I wasn't always ready to say that. I, I, I thought perhaps um, maybe that wasn't for everyone or maybe just some people, but, but I'm sitting in a place now where, where I'm, I'm pretty confident that you will not reach the height of your development and awareness and, and abilities, including your superpowers, unless you choose to commit to be of service in the world Um, To your community in some fashion, something that takes you beyond your own personal growth Um, and the irony is, is that moving into that step is truly what solidifies And exponentially expands your personal growth. It's quite ironic, um, but I think Jeff is a great example of how that process works. Um, but not only that, but it's just a good thing to do, you know, people need help and you can help them. And, um, sometimes it's not monetary, but time, um, sometimes it's just, you know, I, I remember we had a friend who, you know, picked a day of the week and on that day of the week, that was when she, she kind of did reach out, you know, like, like checked in with people and saying hello and said, I'm thinking about you. Um, there are a million and one ways to be of service and to contribute to the world. I suggest that you pick one and start doing it. Jeff, I can't thank you enough for modeling this. Do you have any last words of advice or um, or, or questions or, or just something you want to share before we have to close out the show?
0: Yeah, and Tom, I, I really appreciate you having me on and what you were saying about how there's just innumerable ways that people can be of service is true and not to be limited, um, to be bold enough to just step out, I I, I just finished writing my 10th book. It it was about a subject that was completely different than anything else I've written. But something that's been really bothering me since our last uh, election in 2016 is how our country has become so polarized and so angry. Uh, You know, the political division seems You know more than just uh, two people disagreeing about what the best way forward for our country is, but you know really hating the other side. And so I looked into that, did a lot of research, uh, reading, and wrote a book about uh, how to encourage just our culture to to become more civil, um, to be less angry, to be less polarized, to be more understanding that just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't make them their enemy. Um, This is really not something I had written about before, but it was something that touched me. And so when you you find something, listeners, (laughs) that touches you, um, follow through on it don't just retreat into your safe place but go out yeah and, you know, write fight protest work for what you believe in
1: mm, beautiful well I, I feel like you and i could probably talk for days about that topic um you know for certainly i think that anger is, is convenient and um it, it's it's something that we honor in our society social media has really popularized the ability to stand back and have an opinion um and and that's that's one of the reasons why i love having guests like yourself on and it's it's you know folks it's undeniable you know if you want want a a really valid measuring stick for where you're contributing and how you're being of service in the world i suggest that you use jeff as, as that measuring stick um not a bad person to compare yourself to if you're looking at moving beyond some of your own stories and fears about um being ready or is it time or not knowing what to do or anything else um, I cannot emphasize enough, and I'm sure he's cringing at the idea of me saying to use him as a measuring stick. I can, I can feel you from here, Jeff, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's valuable that <laughs> I felt that. I, I do have superpowers, Jeff, um, but it's valuable to have somebody to it's, – it's not comparing you, the essence of who you are. It's, it's, it's somebody to show your smaller pieces and parts that have a death grip On your own courage to say you know what are we doing that can't we gather some books and send them somewhere can't we gather some clothing and give it away like can't we do that and um, and sometimes that's all it takes to shut down those little pieces and and tell them you know I appreciate that you've kept us alive this long but but you don't need to run the show anymore Um, and and so that's that's the internal game of moving beyond the anger and the finger pointing and the victimization and the blaming and all that stuff that Jeff's tapped into. It doesn't surprise me that you that your life took that trajectory and you found yourself being vocal about that. I think that once we have the courage to step into the doing piece and really contributing, we've earned the right to have a few opinions about um, about some of the broader issues that we're seeing because we know that it can be overcome. We know that, that it's surmountable and we have the keys to do that. Um, And so we are obligated and it is our responsibility to share that. Um, And so I honor the fact that you've allowed your journey to move you into that space. Um, And I I wouldn't be surprised if it takes you into some even more interesting spaces. I think you've been building up to a very interesting uh, climax here as you put it all together. Um, And I, I for one, am just excited to, to see what you do next with it. And I honor the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I hope we'll get to talk again.
1: I I have every confidence that that will happen. So, um, you know, to to all of you out there, as always, we do appreciate your loyalty. Um, Go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone.
0: Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to SuperPowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today. we